everyone. Welcome back to the With Love by Diamond podcast. My name is Diamond and I'm your host and we are back. We are continuing the series that we started about two weeks ago titled A Woman After God's Heart and today is part three of the series. So I'm really excited. We'll only have one more episode of the Woman After God's Heart series and then we'll be moving on. Um, so I hope you guys have enjoyed it so far. I know I have enjoyed it immensely. Um, if you haven't already, go back to, if you haven't already listened to part one and part two, I would encourage you to listen to those before coming to listen to part three. If you want to, if you don't, that's your prerogative um, to do whatever you want to do. Um, in part one, I just kind of talked about the intention behind this series, my heart behind it. And then in part two, we talked about Mary and Martha. And today's episode, we are actually going to be talking about the woman who poured perfume on Jesus's feet. So we're going to be talking about her. Um, before we get started, I do just want to mention I am, if you're watching on YouTube, I am in a different setup. I actually recorded this full episode already, but when I was looking back at the footage, the lighting was just really, really off. Um, where I live, I have a bunch of windows. There's a bunch of natural light, which is really great. And it's really, really beautiful. It just can cause some issues when there's light, like the sun kind of moves or, you know, clouds or whatever. So I was like, I didn't really like the way that it looked. It made me look really dry or just like not lively. I don't know. It was just weird. It just looked really strange. So. I'm recording it again, so hopefully I don't miss anything that I said in the first recording. So um, we'll see how this goes, but um, we're just going to go ahead and jump right in. As I always mention, I'll make sure to leave the scriptures that we talk about today in the show notes. That way you can go ahead and read them for yourself. I always encourage you when I'm talking about scripture, when anyone is sharing scripture at church where you're listening to a sermon message, you see a scripture on Instagram, that you actually go back to the Bible and read it for yourself. That is so important that we understand the word for ourselves, that we receive um, from God for ourselves, that we understand the Bible for ourselves. We don't just want to go off of everybody's word. So I definitely encourage you guys to go ahead and do that. Um, but we're going to jump right in. We're actually going to be reading from Luke chapter seven, starting at verse 36. And it's a little bit of a longer passage, 36 through 50. Um, so we're going to be reading that. Um, before we do start with reading this woman, she's called a sinful woman or anointed by a sinful woman or Jesus was anointed. That's typically the, the header of the passages that refer to this woman. Um, and she is mentioned in all of the gospels. Um, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, she is unnamed, um, but in John, she actually is named. So um, in John, it describes her as Mary, um, the Mary that we talked about last week, Mary, the mother of mother, Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. So this is the same Mary that sat at Jesus' feet um, when he went to go visit Mary and Martha. Mary chose to sat at Jesus' feet while Martha was running around trying to prepare her house. We talked about that last week. So I encourage you to listen to that um, episode, as I mentioned earlier. So that is the Mary. We're actually going to read that scripture of John just because um, as I was just kind of researching and studying um, this woman in the Bible with the alabaster jar, I guess there has been some debate on who this woman is. So there was debate on whether it was Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus, or if it was Mary Magdalene, who we also see in scripture, who followed, who followed Jesus' ministry closely as, after he delivered her from demons. 
So there was some debate on that, but in John, we actually see, or John describes her as Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. So we'll be um, reviewing that in just a minute. But yeah, so I'm really excited for this um, this episode because this is actually one of my favorite um, stories or scripture passages in the Bible. Um, I just, I love it so much. So I hope you guys receive from it. Um, all of the women that I've talked about so far, I can see myself in them. And that's one thing that I love about scripture is that we see ourselves in scripture. Like there are just so many people that, you know, are through in and throughout the Bible that we can identify with. Um, and so I love that. Like I see myself in all these women that um, I've been talking about so far. I hope you have been able to see yourself in them. And so let's go ahead and get started. So I'm reading from the the NLT version. I don't know if I can hold this mic and my Bible at the same time. Let me see. Okay, so I'm reading from the NLT version. Again, this is Luke chapter 7, starting at verse 36. And it says, one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from the city heard that he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting, for, and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She is a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 500 pieces to an, or 50 pieces to another. But neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven, but she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little only shows little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Oh, I just love, 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 love um, this passage of scripture. So really quickly, we are going to turn to John. John chapter 11, starting at verse 1, just to kind of, I guess, confirm that this is Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus, um, that is being referenced here in the scriptures. So John chapter 11, verse 1, it says, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. So that is to confirm that this is the same um, Mary that we talked about last week. So, um, yeah. So getting back to this specific passage of scripture, 
Um, one thing that is so the first thing that when I ever whenever I read the scripture, the first thing that I find that is so unfortunate is that she is an unnamed woman and that she is called by her actions. So she is called an immoral woman um, at the beginning, and then Simon the Pharisee calls her a sinner. Now, first things first, how many of us have ever called someone by their actions or by their mistakes? Or how many of us have experienced someone calling us by our actions or by our mistakes or by our sin? How many of us have called ourselves by our mistakes or our actions or our sin? And so that's the first thing that I want to want to point out is that we tend to, when things happen in our lives or um, when we experience even hardships or when we do things that are not, you know, in alignment with the things that we should be doing, the first thing is we will typically call ourselves by that thing. So um, maybe if you um, have experienced, I don't know, let's say sexual trauma, or yeah, sexual trauma, you just use that as an example. Sometimes you, you'll hear people say they'll call themselves by whatever they've, you know, experienced, or they'll, you know, say that they are dirty, or that they are broken, or, you know, they'll say all these things, or even sometimes people um, who maybe have cancer, or something like that, they'll call themselves a XYZ cancer survivor or, you know, things like that. They'll automatically associate themselves with whatever thing happened to them or whatever thing they did or whatever action or whatever mistake. So um, it's just, it's really unfortunate because that's just a lie of the enemy. Like we don't need to call ourselves by the things that we've been through, by our mistakes, by our sin. We do not need to call ourselves that. Um, And I know for women, we tend to do that. We tend to take whatever we are, we tend to take, we tend to associate ourselves by what we do, right? Or by who we are. Um, And so we are so much more than that. And what I love about this passage of scripture is that Jesus doesn't call her that. He sees something different in her and he actually calls the Pharisees out. You know, he he doesn't allow them to just continuing to continue to call her that. He sees something different in her. He sees her future, which I love. Jesus, our God, can see our future better than we can see our future. He sees us in a different way than we see ourselves, which I think is so beautiful because when we feel like we when we don't understand maybe our purpose or don't understand our calling or don't understand the things that have happened to us in life. Sometimes we don't understand it, but Jesus does. And he calls and he calls the good things out of us. And so that's one thing that I love. But one thing to me about this passage of scripture that stands out the most is that despite what she was being called, despite her past, despite her mistakes, despite all of that, despite maybe even whatever insecurities that she had, she pushed past that to go honor Jesus. 
she pushed past that to honor Jesus. And she poured this expensive perfume over his feet. She's crying. She's weeping. She's kissing his feet. She pours this expensive perfume. And I guess just kind of a little historical aside is that um, before people were buried, they typically anointed them or poured perfume over their bodies. And so this is kind of like a foreshadow of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And I believe it says that in Matthew and Mark that she is preparing him for his his death or his burial. Um, so I'll make sure to link, link the other, um, I guess, versions of this specific passage as well. Um, in the show notes too, so you can read those. But um, I forgot what I was saying. Dang it. Why did I go off track? Why did I go off track? I don't really remember what I was just talking about. Oh, I think maybe I was saying that she, I don't know, y'all. I don't remember what I was talking about. Hmm. Or bring it back to remembrance. I don't know. But um, anyways, like I was, I think I was saying, I think, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> let me know if y'all have those moments because I stay having moments like that. But um, she didn't let what the Pharisees were saying, or even I'm sure what the people in town were saying about her, she didn't let that stop her from going to meet Jesus, right? And then we see that we talked about last week that she, Mary, just sat at the feet of Jesus. That's where she found her, that was her resting place, right? Um, and, and last week when we talked about the story of Mary and Martha, Jesus tells Martha that Mary chosen what was good for her. What was good for her was to sit at the feet of Jesus. Um, and in order for her to sit at the feet of Jesus, in order for us to want to meet Jesus in spite of that, we need to know what Jesus did for us. And what Jesus did for us is he died on the cross for our sins. And so at this point, obviously in scripture, Jesus had not died, but this woman knew about Jesus. She knew Jesus. She saw his miracles. She saw the man that he was. Um, she saw the man that he was. He saw, she saw that he did miracles, that he healed, that he loved in spite of. Um, and so she was, she was ready to honor him in that way. And I think so often as people, as women, we try to, before we can meet Jesus sometimes, before we can get into prayer, before we go to church, before we, you know, do all these things, we will try to fix ourselves up, right? We'll try to fix ourselves up physically, mentally, um, spiritually. We'll try to do all these things before we go to the Father. And we don't need to do that. We do not need to do that. In the Old Testament, there, in the Old Testament, there was a period of time where before people can, before people could enter the temple or before people could meet with God, they had to make sacrifices, they had to bathe, they had to go away from their people, they had to get clean, they had to change their clothes, put on new clothes. They had to do all these things before they could even meet with God. Now, in the New Testament, with the new covenant, with Jesus dying for our sins on the cross, he took everything on the cross for us. He took our sins, our iniquities, 
our disease. He took everything, every bad thing that you think can think of, Jesus took it on the cross, right? And when Jesus took it on the cross, he died for our sins that we may have right relationship with the Father. So we don't need to try to make ourselves right before we go to God. We do not need to try to fix ourselves up and get ready. And I've heard so many people and stories and stuff. This is not my experience, but I have heard people talk about how before they would step into church or before they would, you know, meet with God or, you know, whatever, they would spend years trying to get right. They would spend so much time trying to get themselves right, years, decades trying to get themselves right before they met Jesus, before they met God, before they walked into the church building because they felt like that's what they needed to do in order for God to forgive them, in order for God to turn their lives around. But really, the truth of the matter is we don't need to do that. Like we can just we can come as we are. Now, I do have I do take some issue with the come as you are type church vernacular situation um because I think the Sometimes churches will do that and say, you know, come as you are. And I do believe like this woman, she came as she was. She came with whatever her past, her mess, her sin, all that. She came as she was and she still met Jesus and she still honored him and he forgave her sins. Right. But I think sometimes what what will typically happen in the church is people will say, come as you are. And then they'll just leave people or people will just kind of stay. I, on the other hand, I use the terminology, come as you are, but do not stay as you were, right? Come as you are, but do not stay as you were. The Bible talks about that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we are not conformed to the way, that we should not be conformed to the ways of the world, be transformed by the renewing of their mind. There's a transform work, there's a transformation that should be taking place when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. There is a transformation that should take place right? Our taste buds for things should change. Our taste buds for the certain music that we listen to, that should change. Um, The shows that we watch, even the people that we hang out, maybe our relationships, those sorts of things will change. Like we should not just stay where we are. And so that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. There's a conviction that we should have from the Holy Spirit about our lives and about our lifestyles and the things that are going on in our lives, our relationships, those sorts of things. Like if you have been in a constant place of sinning and you get saved, right? And that does not say that we're going to be perfect people because we are not going to be perfect people. We live in a fallen world. And because of that, we sin and, you know, all the things. Um, But when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, there should be a transformation that happens. We shouldn't just stay, right? The people who have been saved, let's say for 10, and this is no shade, no judgment, if there are people who have been saved for 10 plus years and you wouldn't know that they've been saved because their lives look the same as the day that they received Jesus Christ. Their lives look exactly the same. Nothing's changed, right? They're still doing the same things. They're still acting the same. They're still talking the same. They're still around the same people. They have not made any sort of um, other life changes. They're not walking in purpose. They're not doing, you know, any of that. And so that's where we need to question and reflect on the Holy Spirit in our lives. Like, are we listening to what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in our lives? Are we following the leading of God? We should not be staying the same, right? And again, you know, we will all make mistakes, even the quote unquote 
best of believers or people who have been believers for long periods of time, like they do not get it right all the time. There's still sin in this world. Mistakes will still be made and stuff. But if we are still living the same way that we, you know, are living with no transformation in our lives, we do have to question whether we are heeding to the, you know, the way in which the Lord is calling us to live. You know, are we listening to the Holy Spirit? That's one thing. Now, back to the come as you are. Again, we do not need to try to make ourselves pretty for God. We do not. We don't have to try to hide our sin. We don't need to try to hide our insecurities. God already knows we serve a God who is Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. And so he knows everything. He knows what you've done and he knows what you will do. So you cannot hide from God. And if we... We will let the things that we've been through, we will let our sin, we will let our insecurities keep us from having more deep, intimate relationships with God because we feel like we need to make ourselves better for him, right? We need to make sure that we need to make sure that before I go to God, before I can pray, and there is some things like before you pray, like the Bible talks about, you know, forgiveness and your heart posture and those sorts of things. but God wants you right now, right? And in order for us to grow in deep relationship with him, we need to be honest about where we are. We need to be honest about what's happened, what we've done, our mistakes and our insecurities, because that's the only way that we can grow in deeper intimate relationship with God. I know from my, just my own experience, um, sometimes I have felt like, well, how can I pray when I just did, you know, X, Y, and Z? Or how can I pray when, this has been my life, right? Or, you know, just life is a mess. Like, how can I, how can I pray? Like, my life is just a mess right now. Like, everything is just, it's just one thing after the next. And so sometimes, and we're still, you know, as believers, we'll still be doing things like still going to church, still serving in ministry, still doing, you know, all these things. But there's this like block, right? This huge block between me in God. And the block is the insecurities. The block is the sin. The block is the mistake. And we are refusing to deal with it. We are refusing to um, to address it. We are refusing to give it to God. And so that will prevent us from growing in more deep, intimate relationship with God. We have to give God our, our lives, our full selves, our, our everything. And once we do that, we can grow an intimate relationship with God. And once we give those things over to God, we should be in, ex- in expectation for what he will give back to us, right? So this woman in this scripture, she, she went, you know, before, before the Lord and with everything that she had, everything that she was carrying, right? She's called in a moral woman. She's called a sinner. So we know those things about her. Um, But she still went before God. And what she got in return is forgiveness. She received forgiveness in return. There are certain things that we are carrying that we've been carrying for way too long, for way, way too long. And we're holding on to them. And God is like, if you would just give it to me, if you would just come to me, if you would just worship me, if you would just praise me, if you would just sit at my feet, 
and fully give this over to me. There is so much that I can give you back in return. There is forgiveness that I can give you. There is peace that surpasses all understanding that I can forgive you. There is a joy that you can only get from, you know, serving me, right? There are so many things that we can get. There's a grace and a mercy that he can give you once you give whatever you're holding, right? There is, there is something that he can give you. And in the scripture, it says that Jesus tells her and Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you, go in peace. And so we just need a little bit of faith to go before God. We just need a little, a little something, right? A faith the size of a, must, a mustard seed. You don't need to try to rally your, your faith up and I need to have this big, big faith to go before God. And big faith is great. Big faith is great, but God can do so much with just a small amount of faith. And it says her faith saved you. Go in peace. And he gave her peace. He forgave her sins. Um, it says in verse, what is this? Verse 48 it says, then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. So he forgave her sins. And that's the thing too. We need to, when we go and repent, when we are choosing to turn, you know, another way, repentance, going 180, making a, making a turn, a sharp turn, the other direction, when we do that, we have to receive the forgiveness of God. And in order for us to receive his forgiveness, because some of us will repent, will repent time and time again, but we're, we're not fully understanding God's forgiveness. We're not fully understanding um, that he can forgive. Sometimes we think God can forgive everybody else, but he won't forgive us. Right? Sometimes we're like, oh, this is too big. This is too whatever. If God only knew, God knows, okay? God God already knows what you've done, did. He knows. And so he wants to forgive you. That's why he sent his son. He sent his son, Jesus, so that we could have a relationship with him, so that we could experience an overflow of forgiveness and freedom. And so when we repent, we have to receive the forgiveness of God. In order for this woman to go in peace, she had to receive God's forgiveness. She had to fully grasp the forgiveness of, of Jesus. And so we have to do that. We have to understand forgiveness. We have to understand what Jesus did for us on the cross. We have to understand he took everything. He took all the sins. He took everything. And so when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we receive him um, as, a savior of the, as a Savior of the world, when we understand what he did and who he is, in our lives, we need to receive God's forgiveness. I can't remember the exact scripture, but it says something about like our sins are as far as the east or like God doesn't remember our sins, like as far as the east is from the west. So that's what happens when we repent. And, you know, the devil, as soon as we repent or when we're in the midst of our sin or when we make a mistake, the devil will come in and be like, well, how can you, you know, he'll start displaying lies. He'll start saying, well, how can you go before God? How can you do, you know, X, Y, and Z? How can you serve in ministry? You know, God's never going to forgive you. And he places a heavy, heavy shame, right? Shame is not of God, right? The devil will place a heavy amount of shame. And that is not from God. There's a difference between shame and conviction. Conviction comes from the Holy Spirit, which is a good thing. We should be convicted of our lives, of our sin, of our mistakes. There is no conviction that we need to reflect on you know, the Holy Spirit in the eyes, which I think I said earlier, but the devil in the midst of our sin, he'll try to play shame. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the best way that he can destroy and kill, um, 
steal, kill, and destroy. The best way that you can do that is trying to separate us from the love of God. And so when he places those lies, you have to know the truth, right? As soon as things happen in your lives, sin, mistakes, whatever, regrets, the devil will try to start talking. In order for us to combat that, we have to know what the truth is. And the truth is that Jesus forgives and that he wants to forgive, right? The truth is that we we have a God who forgives. The truth is that Jesus died for us on the cross for our sins. That is the truth. And that is the truth that we should be holding on to and resting in. That is the truth. And so, yeah, that we have to be, that is a truth of forgiveness. Um, we have to be able to receive forgiveness. And then what do we get in return? We get peace. We get freedom. We we experience joy. And that's not to say everything's going to be perfect. Like I said earlier, we live in a fallen world. Sin will continue to happen, you know, all that kind of stuff. We are not perfect people, but we serve a very perfect God. And we serve a God who is just. And we serve a God who forgives. And we serve a God who loves. All that to say is do not let your sin, your past, your trauma, your insecurities keep you from honoring God, keep you from relationship with him. That's the devil's way of just keeping you back. The farther he can try to separate you from God, the farther he can place lies in you, the farther he can be like, God doesn't love you. Look at what you did. Look at who you are. Right? Like, do not, do not allow those lies to keep you from getting close to, to getting close to Jesus. Do not let those lies keep you from getting close to the Father. Because God has so much for you. But this woman, there was forgiveness. And there was peace that she received on the other side. She just had to break through, right? She had to break through the noise of what these men were saying about her, break through even what she could have been feeling about herself, but she knew who Jesus was and she knew the man that he was, right? And we have to get a grasp of that too. We need to know who Jesus is. In order for us to receive forgiveness, in order for us to be able to break through we have to know who Jesus is. We have got to know who he is in our lives, in our situation. We have got to know who he is. And so you need to open up your Bible. You need to get in before God. <laughs> okay. You need to, you don't need to carry whatever you're carrying anymore. You can give it to God and be an expectation about what you will receive on the other side. Silence the lies of the enemy. Silence the lies of the enemy. You do not, he, he's not winning, okay? He's not winning. He is not winning. Do not give him authority like that over your life for him to, to scream your insecurities at you, to scream your sins, to scream your mistakes at you. Do not let him do that. He does not have authority to do that whatsoever. He doesn't have authority to do that. So what I would encourage you to do, what I encourage all of us to do is if there are things that we feel like we are holding or things that we feel like we need to get together before we can get to God, I would just encourage you to, number one, figure what those things are, whether they be insecurities, your trauma, your past, your mistakes. 
regrets, whatever it is, you know what that is in your life, whatever that is for you, I would just encourage you to identify what those things are. And then spend some time with God and give those things to him. Say, look, God, I don't know. I've been carrying this sin. I've been carrying this weight. And it's going to affect your relationship with God, right? It's going to, because like I said earlier, it almost like creates a blockade. Like even if you're saved, if we're constantly carrying these things and we feel like we're just not, we can't get it right because these things are, you know, here in our lives, it'll, it'll create this blockade from us getting into more deep, intimate relationship with God. And so giving those things to God and saying, God, here are these things. If it's your past or your, you know, things that have happened to you um, that you did not co-sign on. So maybe past traumas or heartbreaks or, you know, whatever. Give those things to God because those can easily block you from getting closer, you know, into more intimate relationship with God. So you need to figure out what those things are. Figure out, you know, the things that have been affecting you getting into deeper relationship with God. And ask God to help you. Say, you know, I want to push past these things. I want to be like this woman that in spite of everything that she had done, everything that she had been through, even the things that she was, you know, even the things that people were saying about her, maybe even things that she was saying about herself or feeling about herself. I want to be like this woman who pushed past all that to get to the feet of Jesus, to honor Jesus, to live my life for Jesus and be ready to receive what's on the other side of that. And I think sometimes too, we are afraid. So I think sometimes we can get, we can be like, okay, yeah, like I'm going to, I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to make sure that like I'm living, you know, I'm going to go before God, whatever. But sometimes we'll let fear of what's going to happen next hold us back too. So, you know, the Bible talks about that we will continue to experience trial tribulations that people will hate us because they hated him. Like things will continue to happen over our lives, but it gets easier. Life is easier just with Jesus, right? Because we have a God who sees things, who knows things. We have a God who um, is able to give us grace upon grace and favor upon favor, but he's also able to give us peace that the world cannot get. He gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding in the midst of the things that we're going through. And I think sometimes as people, we can be afraid of what, okay, so God forgave me. God gave me peace. But like the world, my life is still things are still happening. And so we can be afraid about like what's going to happen next or what does this mean? But you don't not you don't need to be afraid because there's a peace that God can give you that the world cannot give. And so life does become it's it's hard. Like the devil is like now like I'm after you. Like now I'm going to try to place new insecurities. Now I'm going to try to do this, 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 you know, X, Y, and Z. Like all that stuff is going to happen. But it's just, it's better with Jesus. It's better with God. Like to be able to, when things are happening or when mistakes are made or whatever, to be able to be like, okay, Holy Spirit, like, thank you for the conviction. Now let me go before God. Like, it's just, it's easier that way. And so, um, life is easier with Jesus, right? So do not be afraid about what happens next. Be an expectation for what the Lord is going to do once you surrender the things that you've been carrying. 
be in great expectation for it. Like God wants to do some things in your life. He wants to give you some things. And, you know, we don't want to let our insecurities or our past or our sin or the things that have happened to us in life. We don't want to let that stop us from getting to Jesus, to living out purpose. Because the, the things that you've been through, God will use those things to impact the kingdom, right? To For his glory. The Bible also talks about that God trades beauty for ashes. And so God, God is ready to turn around your story. God is ready to turn around your mistakes and your past because what, what will happen is you're, you'll be able to share what you've learned and what God did in your life to other people, right? It's going to impact the kingdom because he trades beauty for ashes, right? Um, so yeah, that's all that I have um, for today. Be the woman who pushes past what people say about her, your insecurities, because that is how we are going to be a woman after God's heart. We, we push past the things that we say about us, the things that the world says about us. You know, we push past our mistakes. We push past. Um, we push past all of it to get to Jesus. That is being a woman after God's heart. We push past it to give him honor and reverence to live our lives for him. Right? That is that is what the woman after God's heart does. We we seek God earnestly, right? We seek God with everything that we have in spite of. In spite of our lack of understanding about what's happening, we still seek God past it. Um yeah, we we push past. We pushed past. This woman, she was pushing past the men, okay? And everything that they were saying about her, she was still pushing past. And what she received on the other side was greater than I'm sure what she could have imagined. So, yeah, that's all that I have um, for today. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. We'll be back next week. It'll be the last episode in our Woman After God's Heart series. Um, again, listen to part one, part two, and now listen to part three. Um, and yeah, so like I said, we'll be back next week um, for the fourth part of this series. It'll be our last one. Then we'll be moving on to um, other episodes, other topics and stuff. Um, if you would like to stay updated on everything, you can visit my website, Diamond, And then I'm posting on Instagram now, y'all. So you can go ahead and follow me um on instagram uh on instagram at with love by diamond if you would like to watch the podcast on youtube it is with love by diamond podcast and with love by diamond podcast on all of the streaming platforms so that's all that i have for you guys um today i hope you enjoyed today's episode and i will see you guys next time bye